is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. The dynamic duo coming back at you again. Uh, there ain't shit to talk about this week. Like, I was scrounging for news stories this week. <laughs> scrounging. So let's, and, and we also posted the post office late, so let's hope you guys come through in the clutch. Uh, there's like three questions in there right now, and one of them doesn't count um, based on what's in there. Um, so, Micah. Uh, I, I finally kind of caved into all the hype going on around Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. Everyone talking about Final Fantasy right now. Final Fantasy this, Final Fantasy that. So I finally caved in and I started a new playthrough of Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> God damn it. I you should... were just, you were just. You were just obstinate today. You've been hanging around Terrence too long. Well, no. You're so here, so, so here, so here's the problem. Here's the problem that that I that I'm now scared of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> and it's and it's not because of things that happen in the game, though I'm aware of end game activities and whatnot in Final Fantasy VII. Um, but a a, a person on the internet, and the, and we all know they can be trusted. And I'm not going to mention who, but in talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, he didn't necessarily say this as a pejorative as to why it's not good, but he ba- but he basically said that Final Fantasy VII Remake was basically like Nomura injecting a bunch of Kingdom Hearts bullshit into Final Fantasy VII. I could kind of see that. And that set off a lot of... <laughs> alerts <laughs> like like i'm not i'm not necessarily worried about tweaks and changes they're making to the story in the game but anytime the phrase kingdom hearts bullshit is uttered <laughs> it get it, it gets my guard up a little bit and frightens me but i was still really in the mood to play final fantasy and after the show last week i i binged and listened to a lot of uh final fantasy 6 soundtrack stuff because we were talking about it on the show and I was like, man, I, I I haven't played Final Fantasy VI since I lived in the apartment way back when, like 10 years ago. It's been a long time. I got my SNES Classic sitting right here, hooked up to my uh, to my monitor. Let's start Final Fantasy VI. That game's so delightful, Micah. It's so much fun. What a solid story. A fantastic cast of characters. Where are you at in Final I, I just got to the point um, in the game where you do the river, and it's the first point where you get to split. You get to choose which of the three paths you, you tackle first, where you have mm-hmm. uh, the Narsh path, uh, and then you have Locke infiltrating Figaro, where you'll meet Celis, and then you have Sabin, uh, where he gets to meet up with Cyan and all that good stuff. So that's that that's where I left off when last I played. So I'm like two two and a half actually 2 hours into the game give or take. I think it's what my in-game clock Man, says. branching branching story paths? I know. Wow. It's it, neat. It's, uh it would be a it would be a real downgrade to just kind of focus on one singular person at that. Point. Especially when that person is really not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> when he's when he, when he when he's kind of the uh kind of the 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 encapsulation of a boring white guy. Because <laughs> that's kind of what he is. Everything that's interesting about him belongs to another white guy. That also true. <laughs> Who is dead? 
How much further have you gotten in Final Fantasy VII Remake? Uh, I haven't gotten too far. Okay. So last uh, last time we were there, I was on my way to Marco Reactor Five. Gotcha. Um, I uh, I made it there. I fought the Airbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 party has split, uh, and instead of following Tifa and Barrett, yeah. I I you know you stick with boring white guy Cloud, mm-hmm. and um, I met Aerith and. It uh, meeting her solidifies why I am a Tifa guy, because Aerith is annoying. She's really annoying. She's always been annoying to me. I don't like her character design with her frumpy dress and combat boots uh, and flower power, like flower child, like gimmick. And like, I just I, I, I don't I, I, I always find, found her annoying. The problem is that she's really good at what she does. Um, and that's keeping people alive and blowing shit up, mm-hmm. especially in this game. She's more of an all-around mage in this game. She's really the only character that is, you know, an all-around mage. Um, other people can use like, you know, different spells and materia, but she like excels at it. Mm-hmm. And um, but she's just so annoying. And I went to her house. Mm-hmm. I met her mom. You remember that part? Mm-hmm. And now I'm in Sector 5, just kind of doing quests and stuff, because that's how they that's how they extend this game, is you just spend a lot of time in these slums. Um, it's, that doesn't still, sound fun, though. It, well, it's not fun for me mm-hmm. at this point, because I'm, I'm with Eric. And I think it'll get fun again when you go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. wall market or whatever and get into the like the the meeting those people like that was that was one of my favorite times in Midgar in the old Final Fantasy but um, yeah I just it, it's not bad it's not bad but I I, I just gotta power through this section because I, I, I don't like Eric and I don't like this section of Midgard. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm about to fight uh, a summon because, you know, you got to get the summons in the game somehow. <laughs> and, um, they, have a, they have a character who if you do certain, like if you can complete certain challenges, he will, uh, he will offer up different types of material for sale. Mm-hmm. And then once you move along further, He'll give you this virtual reality headset where you can fight different summons. So that's what I'm about to do. I was about to do it today, but my son woke up from his nap. So uh, I really, I really can't wait to talk to you more about this game um, as you progress through it. Yeah, like I said, I've learned some things. Yeah, I hear the ending is kind of bonkers, man. And like, I see headlines of like. Final Fantasy VII Remake ending ex- explained. And I'm like, what the fuck is that to explain? Uh-oh, you know what? I don't, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say that you don't. Because like I said, I didn't mind spoiling myself because I was still kind of on the fence about the game anyway. And plus, it's fucking Final Fantasy VII. Like, I know what happens in the Midgar section of the game. Right. Or do I? Who knows? So <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so like I said, I'll be I'll be curious to follow your progress uh, as that goes. But I'm sticking with Final Fantasy VI for right now. It was a coin flip between starting a new game of that or starting a new game of Earthbound, which I also haven't played. 
um, in like 10 years. And so, I would, I would really love for, um, because for some dumb reason, mm-hmm. I spent $15 on Final Fantasy VI mobile. I, you know what? I, I thought about doing that before I started playing on the SNES Classic. That game, that, that looks like dog shit. How did they, how, how 20 years later did they make the graphics worse in the game? They, they by, by no like, charm. huh? They have no charm to them. No. Right? They, they, they just, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. They man. they they painted them with the with the bright wide brush, or, or or bright. Sorry, not the bright. Yeah, no, the bright wide brush is what it looks like. They painted them with basically like like they emojified all the characters yeah. essentially. No, but it, but it's shitty because like when I was on um when I was on my on my music kick, I was like, oh man, I was like, I know they remade the game for iOS and for mobile. I was like, I wonder what like the end boss characters look like. In, in that version. And they look the same, except like cartoony, which completely yeah. undermines like the sinister nature of of the different enemies. And, and it also makes you appreciate how good the art is, despite the fact that it came out on the super fucking Nintendo. Yeah. Way back so, in the day. So I need that game to come out on Switch. Because, um, yeah, I need that game to come out on Switch. Didn't You didn't buy an SNES Classic? I did not. Mm. I was like, you know what? I would only want it for one game, and um, there's a couple of games on there that are that are worth having it for. Huh? I need to. You know what? I I, I am subscribed to uh, their twenty dollar a year thing. Um, right, the Switch Online, but they're not putting yeah. games on it like that. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I need them to put that on there. But mm-hmm. even if they didn't, like, I would buy it. I would buy. I would pay twenty five. I would pay thirty dollars for that game. I really love that game. That's how much I would pay. I would pay $30 to play that game on the go. It's very good. Like I said, just even playing through essentially what amounts to the intro to the game um, reminds me of how good it is. Yeah. So, but it's, it's cool. But yes, that's what I'm playing instead of Final Fantasy VII uh, <laughs> Remake. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to stick to that because I, don't, I like Final Fantasy VII. Despite despite what you may think, having listened to this podcast for the past seven years, like I do, I do like the game. I think it's a good game, but nothing will turn me off faster than in forcing me to encounter more melodrama from characters that I'm not particularly invested in in the first place. I hate, I hate, um, I hate that Tifa's the only good character. She's the only good character. Barrett Cloud- gets, Barrett gets good, but he won't get good in this version of the game. He Barrett is endearing in this version of the game, mm-hmm. right? Like he comes off as as very he comes off like Terrence, but like only like you know boisterous, like 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 loud, right? Like Terrence has this era of like has this aura of of you know don't fuck with me, mm-hmm. but deep down Terrence is actually kind of a nice guy, and that's what Barrett does, right? But Barrett is like. Wild and crazy about it. Hey, that's party. Like when you first see him in this game, he's like, "Come on, soldier boy, let's let's, let's you better be worth the kill, every last one of them." And then you you know, like five minutes later, the plan is dying, Kyle. The plan is dying. You gotta <laughs> help us, man. Like, uh, and then he's just smiling and shit. And it's just he they they do a better job of his characterization, but Aerith is fucking annoying. And then I think back to uh, all the other characters, 
Red 13, I don't necessarily have a problem with. I, I hear he's in this game for some reason. Um, well, he's in the, he's in the Shinra lab part, part of oh, the yeah, game. That's right. when you that's first right. encounter him. So that's right. Um, so he's, he's in it. Um, I hated Kate Sith. I, 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 uh, Vincent was, people like Vincent, women like Vincent because women like fixing men and Vincent is like a broken dude that people want to fix, which I think is one of the reasons that people like, that people like cloud is mm-hmm. cloud is broken, but like guys like fixing cloud too. Cause cloud kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know. And Yuffie was annoying. I fucking hated Yuffie. I, I don't like that cast except for Tifa. And Sid's, maybe Red 13. And Red 13 is a dog. Fuck him. Sid was all right. Oh, and I like Sid. I like Sid. Sid I like Sid because he reminded me of 90s era Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> and I like 90s era Dennis Leary. It's the best Dennis Leary. <laughs> to be to be quite honest. Um yeah, which I, I can't remember the name of the album he came out with in the in like the mid nineties, but whatever whatever yeah, that Yeah, I was, love that album. That's man. a really good really good comedy album. It's in my top ten of all time. Um not a lot of games coming out this week. Uh so Trials of Mana comes out for Switch and PS4. Um I can't remember if this was the one that came out in Japan many years ago that's finally coming to North America, or if this is a new game in the Mana series. <laughs> so one of you guys can check me on that. I just honestly can't remember which it is. Uh, P-Cross 4 is coming to Switch this uh, Thursday. So as if I needed a way to sink 30 hours of, <laughs> of game time while I'm doing other things. Uh, I, there's a new P-Cross game, which apparently, Micah, uh, has five extra puzzles uh, if you import your save data from the three other P-Cross games. <laughs> so... Got that to look forward to, which is nice. Who'd, who'd have thought Picross would be doing uh, Mass Effect-style save imports uh, from, from other games? And then there's a big uh, Animal Crossing update that's also dropping on Thursday. Uh, you're going to have to forgive me because I'm basically just going to read the copy because I don't know what any of this stuff means. Um, there's a sloth named Leaf. Uh, he will appear as a traveling merchant and will sell shrubbery and flower seeds to decorate your island with. Uh, there's a gentleman named Red who's apparently connected to the mob. Uh, he's going to show up in a rusty boat to sell questionably obtained artwork and sculptures along with uniquely colored furniture. And you have to actually spot forgery, Micah, because you might buy a fake piece of art if you're not careful. And there's going to be a museum where you can display your art, but the museum will only display legitimate pieces and will not display fakes. So again, you have to watch out and be careful. Um, there's going to be some timed events, uh, nature day, which kicks off, uh, the day after earth day, um, that runs until May 4th. Uh, you can offer nook miles challenges for gardening related activities. And then there's a bunch more updates, uh, coming soon later on. So animal crossing fans are very excited about this. This Uh, game has, uh, this game does nothing for me, but I'm very happy for the people. Like I'm genuinely happy for the people that genuinely love this game. Just just wait till we get to the news later. Don't read ahead is all I'm going to tell you. Okay. So don't read ahead. You you okay. you you are, you are going to be shocked later <laughs> later, later, later on in the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're going to we're going to dip ahead to this one specific news story before <laughs> you do your ad read. So Micah, probably a little bit because of the coronavirus, probably because they only put one of these out 
once in a blue moon. But apparently, Animal the new Animal Crossing game sold more copies in the U.S. at launch than any Mario or Zelda game ever did since they started keeping track. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Yo, according, according to NPD data, in a month, this new Animal Crossing has outsold the lifetime sales of every other Animal Crossing game that came before it. Oh my god! <laughs> and 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 that's just NPD data. That does not count digital purchases. This is just hard copies sold in the U.S. Wow. Yes. Jesus. It is. It is the third biggest Nintendo game launch of all time. Uh, trailing only uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl and <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Those are the only two uh, Nintendo launches that have trumped Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. Jesus Christ, man. So people are playing the fuck out of some Animal Crossing. You know what? Normally, normally, FOMO would be hitting me real hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but this game just doesn't do you it. You know better. You know better in this case. <laughs> which is rare. Which is rare. Because like I said, it is it is frankly amazing that you haven't just been curious to to venture in and find out what all the turnip trading uh, is all about. <laughs> it's all I fucking see on Facebook, man. What's everyone's turnip prices right now? <laughs> I bought these at 92 and my and right now mine's sitting at like a 60 something. Oh shit. Jay, Jay is utterly fascinated about Animal Crossing specifically because of the economic aspect of the game. <laughs> which is hilarious to me. So, like this I said, we got that going for us. But yeah, so that's what's new uh this week. Uh go to youtube.com slash dense pixels to uh come check out the men with the golden tongues. Uh you see that that's us. You can see uh you can see me and my normal uh, homemade haircut with my messed up hairline. It's, uh, <laughs> it goes all over the place. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a Gumby, which is why I have to kind of tilt my head to keep it straight. Um, and you can see uh, Mountain Man Brad. That's true. Uh, yeah, Brad's got, uh, Brad's got a ton of hair on his face. Um, and the top of my head. And on the top of his head, uh, he, he's starting to look like uh, he's starting to look like cousin it. For uh, <laughs> for all of you people who are under thirty, cousin it is a character from the Adams family. Was it the Adams family mm -hmm. or the Munsters? It was the Adams family. It was the Adams family. Yeah, uh, who was a giant uh, hairball uh, with a hat and glasses? Uh, that's what Brad is uh, attempting to cosplay. Uh, but yes, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels uh, and subscribe. Uh, while you're over there just subscribing to whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well subscribe to the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. Those are the uh, free shows that you get from this network. Uh, the Nerdpocalypse, as we talk about pop culture, lately we've been talking about a lot of movies. I just watched a horrendous movie mm -hmm. um, called Guns Akimbo. And uh, I, will, I will talk about uh, how bored I was watching Harry Potter with guns bolted to his hands. Um, black on Black Cinema. Um, I, I can't remember the last movie we did. Oh, Uncorked, which is a very good, very good movie. Coming Distractions. I mean, look, y y you can rent movies. 
And if you want to hear our opinions of them before you rent them, you can listen to Coming Distractions. And then, I mean, everyone in this day and age of social media uh, is is has a degree in political science. Uh, but the only men that you need to listen to with a faux degree in political science are Jay, Andy, and uh, most of the time, Brett. Um, you can hear them pontificate on uh, the the happenings in the political sphere uh, with hilarious results. Uh, and once you listen to that first hour, uh, you're immediately cut off like 40 minutes of a Zoom meeting, you're immediately cut <laughs> off and 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 you're going to want to listen to the rest of it. That's when you go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 a year. You get access to a whole slew of other podcasts, including that second hour of Look Forward, which is this gold, Jerry, gold. They save all of the really good political commentary for that second out. I mean, it's it's crazy, man, what these lunatics say that they wish would happen to politicians. Um, you can also get the airing of grievances, uh, the Seinfeld uh, podcast where Jay and I pontificate on Seinfeld uh, and what we would do in certain situations because we are both big Seinfeld fans and we are both degenerates like those four clowns. Uh, no time to bleed. Uh, a new No Time to Bleed is in the can. It is coming up. Look, I'll just tell you what it is. It's stealth. It's stealth. It's a, it's a ridiculous movie uh, <laughs> about about a, a plane with a brain, uh, a Frankenstein plane, if you will. <clears throat> and uh, you get Upstage Conversations, uh, the episode that Carrie and I just put out. <coughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Thank you. It was called yep. Little Shop of Horrors. It was on Little Shop of Horrors, one of my favorite movies of all time. No, I'm not bullshitting you. And the piece, de, the piece de resistance, the men with the golden tongues. Now look, uh, we just did another episode. Uh, the last for now in our Mission Impossible series, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, and we had uh, Jay on as a guest. And that'll be out soon. Uh, once again, just uh, a, a phenomenal episode for uh, a pretty damn fun movie. So go to densepixels.com slash premium. Give us five bucks. It'll help us out. I know times are tough, but um, we're doing our best to crank out like these this premium content right now, like for real, for real, because we want you to get your money's worth. So go to densepixels.com slash premium. Yep. Um, getting right into the news. So reportedly, Rockstar, the, uh, the target of you know, great crunch by developers is allegedly reportedly uh, improving their work conditions. So Jason Schreier, uh, formerly of Kotaku, uh, now of Bloomberg News, um, did a follow-up report from his report he did uh, about a year ago to, to this point, give or take, uh, saying that reportedly the company is providing more flexible work hours, new leadership training, and is taking steps to cut down on crunch. Uh, multiple employees spoke anonymously to Jason Schreier saying it felt like the company was on the right track and it felt like a, quote, healthier culture here at Rockstar Games. Uh, Rockstar, of course, one of the largest developers uh, on the planet Earth, uh, making some of the biggest grossing games. So them taking these steps is definitely a good 
sign for the industry and, and it takes companies like this to do that to, for others to follow their lead. However, Micah, I remain skeptical uh, that it's going to be this way until it doesn't – until it shouldn't be this – or until it's not going to be this way anymore if you understand what I mean. Yeah, it will be like that while people are watching and then uh, as soon as people stop watching uh, or as soon as, you know, Grand Theft Auto what, six. 6 comes out mm-hmm. or is, is being mentioned – is rumbling about where they create a map of the entire United States because <laughs> those are always rumors. Um, then you'll start seeing crunch again because which amazes me, right? Because those games, well, look, I'm not a video game developer. I, I, I'm sure it does take that long to make games, but they come out once every quarter of a generation, mm. <laughs> right? So um, I feel like they have time, but you know, I'm I'm talking out of my ass. I, I don't really know, but I mean, if anyone can wait as long as they fucking want to, like if any developer can, it's it's rock. Yeah, so absolutely. Grand Theft Auto Five is still making money, dude. Like a t- like all the money, right? Like it's not even just a little bit of money; they're making all the money. So, <laughs> this, despite despite a field where there's all these like free to play games that currently exist that are deb- that are competing for people's uh time. Basically. Right. So it's insane. Um, but like I said, good on them, but hopefully this actually sticks. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm not uh, optimistic that long term it will. Um, Sony is apparently only going to be manufacturing between five and six million PlayStation's fives uh, in the console's first two quarters on the market. Uh, that, is, that is projected to be down from the 7.5 million PS4 consoles that Sony sold in the same time period. Uh, the reason for this is because the company is grappling with the price of the console and as well as the availability of the components needed uh, to manufacturing. And now Sony says this has nothing to do uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic that's currently going on. Um, it's just that the fact that the internals on the machine aren't necessarily mass produced. They talked, you know, in their little thing last month about how they had, you know, companies make, specific components, graphic chips, that kind of thing, specifically for PS5. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, things are tougher to come by. It also makes them more expensive. Uh, Sony apparently has been looking in the neighborhood for price uh, for the console between $499 and $549. Um, they're really struggling with that, though, because obviously I don't think they I, – I don't think the $549 price is something that they want to do. Um, but they're also struggling because, of course, the PS4 launched at $399, um, and, and they are hesitant to go – too far above uh, that high end, especially given uh, the PS3's launch way back when. Wow, the PS4 launched at four hundred dollars. Yeah, you don't remember that? No, I I, I remember PS3 launching at six hundred dollars, and I was just like, "Yo, Jesus, this is a, <laughs> that is a heavy pill to swallow." But I swallowed it. I, I deep throated that pill, and um, yeah, I really don't want to pay. I really don't want to pay more than five hundred dollars for a console. Um, you know, after tax, that five fifty is six hundred, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot, man. It's gonna um, be um like I said, it's it's gonna be super interesting just because there's no way that the coronavirus won't have its hands on these new console launches in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, the economy struggles to get off the ground so fewer people will be able to afford them at launch or things of that nature. Like, it's there, there's going to be some effect. We just oh, don't know absolutely. what it is yet. 
Can you imagine those eBay prices? If they're well, that's only if they all get bought, which one assumes they will one way or the other. But yeah, I mean, if if there if there's if there's scarcity at launch, like the resellers are going to have a fucking field day. Yeah. So I mean, you see it right now with the switches. The switches are all out of stock um, currently because people bought them up before the pandemic happened because they're like, we know we figure we're going to be sitting at home. It's time to get the switch if you didn't already own one. So Nintendo (laughs) is sold out of them, and resellers are trying to gouge the shit out of people on those as well. Jesus. So. Like I said, don't ever let a catastrophe go to waste. Uh, people say, <laughs> right, right. Let's 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 get pissy at these companies like it's not human nature. But uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I mean, look, I'm no company shill, but I'm not surprised is what I'm saying. Uh, Games done quick. The the organization that organizes all sorts of like speed running uh, festivals, live streams, things of that nature. Uh, they did a coronavirus relief event over the weekend. Uh, and they raised over $400,000 uh, for coronavirus relief. The money is going to go to Direct Relief, which is a humanitarian aid organization uh, that, quote, has a mission to improve the health and lives of people affected by poverty or emergencies. And they're currently directing funds towards COVID-19 uh, relief efforts by supplying communities uh, with PPE, which you know seems to be hard to come by uh, these days. Um, some of the games played during this event, Donkey Kong Country, uh, which of course I'm very partial to, which is a game that I cannot play anymore, by the way. Uh, I tried to go back and play DKC. I cannot, the original, I cannot get past like some of the minecart stages anymore. I don't know what happened to my, to my reflexes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to being an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you also had uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. You had Halo Combat Evolved, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so pretty cool. Like I said, I, I feel like that this was organized and put together uh, on short notice. Uh, of course, their big event uh, is coming up in the next couple of months called Summer Games Done Quick. Um, it's normally in June. They had to reschedule it, of course, with everything going on right now. Um, and the last major event, which is awesome games done quick, which is their winter event. They raised over $3 million for charity. So these guys continue to be pretty cool. And like I said, I, I didn't watch any of this this weekend, but when I do happen to catch these streams, uh, I find them to be fascinating sometimes, depending on if, it, if it's games that I'm familiar with. Yeah. That's very cool. Yep. Uh, finally in the news, uh, there seems to be a uptick of unauthorized account accesses. On Nintendo Switch consoles, many many people reporting that uh, people are trying to get into their Switch accounts. Um, apparently, the a lot of folks who had their accounts accessed had PayPal accounts linked for things like Fortnite and things of that nature. So that's what you got to watch out for. The reason uh, that I bring the story up is I, I like to remind you guys early and often that if a platform offers uh, two-factor authentication or two-step verification, please fucking use it. It's there to protect your ass, um, especially if you have credit cards and other financial information linked up on these accounts or if you use you know, passwords that you use elsewhere, which is also not a great idea, but we're human. Unless you use a password manager, you know, that shit's going to happen. Yeah. Um, at least use 2FA. It's the least you can do. It's easy. Um, it really is not that inconvenient. You have your phone on you all the time. And 2FA either gives you a verification code that you pull in from Authenticator app or it's a text message that gets sent to your device. So, again, enable 2FA if you haven't. I know Sony uses it. I know Microsoft uses it. 
Um, you should use it on your Google account. You should <laughs> basically if, if if it's available, fucking use it. That, yeah. That's my PSA. Yeah, I mean, um, I have to use it every time I log into work now, so because I'm working from home. And um, yeah, it's not that bad. Just, just you know. Well, you know, I, you know how people are, right? <laughs> you tell people to stay in the house and. They're too worried about getting a haircut. Like, no, no, no. You've never worried about getting a haircut before, but now you want to get a haircut. Okay, shut up. Yeah, that's the news. Uh, Yeah, that's the news. Yeah, you were right. Not a lot going on, man. Hey, fuck all. Not a lot going on. Uh, But you know what you can do? You can go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. When you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon, you can purchase things like No Cure for Cancer by Dennis Leary. There you go. That's the one. That's the one. And uh, uh, those proceeds, uh, well, they, they go to Amazon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we get a little itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini of a finder's fee uh, for that. So you can go there. You can go uh, to com slash Amazon. There's a whole slew of things you can buy. Uh, my recent order was a four-pack of uh, door handle-like like things that babies can't like turn doorknobs because um, my son is big enough to open doors now. Uh, he's he's as smart as a raptor from Jurassic <laughs> Park Two. <II. laughs> so. We have to uh, we have to keep him, you know, from opening a bunch of doors. So that's what we have now. That's that was my last order from www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. Here you go. You can buy you can buy some hair clippers so that you don't have to worry about getting a fucking haircut. There do, you go. Do it yourself. Everyone's rocking shitty haircuts right now. Yeah. Yeah. Be like me and just rock one all the time. Because <laughs> I'm too cheap to go to a, a barber. <laughs> I am, man. I went to the last time I went to a barber. The haircut was like forty dollars. Now I don't get nothing special done. I get a one all the way around. But and, it's and, but it's and, but it's but it's the hard lines. That's 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 the thing that uh, uh, man that you can't do by yourself. And my hairline is still crooked because my hairline is naturally crooked. Like when you try to fix it, it goes like they try to even it out, but you cut like a chunk of it off mm-hmm. so that when it grows back, like there's like. There's like little buds. Like, no, it doesn't grow back even. No. I was like, forget this. I'll just I'll just rock a crooked hairline and save myself forty dollars every couple. <laughs> and that's why you wear yeah. angles all the time. That's why I wear hats all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So we go to the post office. Um I have two questions that I'm gonna read. Next to one another because the answer to one of them kind of leads into the second one. So we're going to start with Brian. And Brian says, even though Borderlands 3 is still releasing DLC content, if Gearbox were to announce a Borderlands 4 for the new console generation, what would your level of excitement be? And what changes to the game would you expect in order to keep the game from going stale? I liked Borderlands 1 and 2, but felt like 3 was a hot cup of okay. The main villains were boring, and the overall story was meh and made worse with the introduction of Ava and the death of Maya, plus the humor in the game, was severely lacking. Now, the question that I'm tying into this comes from Michael, who says, have you passed over a game you'd otherwise be interested in due to the actions or reputation of a company associated with it? 
So here's the thing about a potential Borderlands 4. Uh, Gearbox is making it very difficult to to kind of be gung-ho for Gearbox right now. Yeah. As my, like, like with a lot of the dumb shit they've done, um, you know, the withholding of bonuses that we talked about a couple of shows ago, um, which is kind of insane, or the cutting of bonuses – that it's 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 a lot of shit stacking up. Like Randy Pitchford is, you know, kind of a dick. He's kind of a dick, yeah. and he's he's quickly encroaching into that territory of you're making it hard for me to give you money, which is unfortunate because that's not fair to all of the other developers that work at Gearbox. But he's the guy out in front, so unfortunately more weight is going to be given to his actions than, than those people like that. Um, but yes, I absolutely am the type of guy to pass over, you know, a company because of the actions of the people that do that. Here's a great example. There's, there's a watch that I was interested in, right? From a company. I'm not going to name them and you guys won't know who they are anyway, cause they're like a small micro brand, but, uh, they were kind of dickish, uh, to a reviewer friend of mine, for the critical things that the dude said about the watch in his review. And they were fair criticisms. Like, it's not like he was sniping stuff that was, you know, that he was blowing out of proportion. But, like, I hate people that when they're – and, and it's, t- it's tough for watch owners because a lot of these smaller brands are one or two-man operations that are pouring their, you know, heart and soul into what they're doing. So you take it a little personally. But at the same time, it's a product to be reviewed. And as a reviewer, you're you're – the whole point is to be as objective as possible. And so if you make a fair critique, you shouldn't get, you know, blasted by the guy that runs the company and the dude since apologized, but it kind of turned me off on wanting to purchase a watch from this guy hmm. at any point. And so I, I do. And, and we've talked before about separating the art from the artist. Um, and, and we, you know, have said before that there's no, it's not like there's an objective line for that. Like everyone's line is different and everyone's line is going to be is going to be case by case. And that's just kind of the way it is. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about passing over stuff. And and so with Borderlands 4 specifically, um if Gearbox stays on their bullshit or, or more specifically Randy Pitchford stays on their bullshit, um it's not going to be as exci- exciting to to hop along for that. Yeah, I am uh in lock and step with you. I I uh you know, using Borderlands as an example, like, look, if I really want something, I can, I can look past what, what, uh, what, like, unless it's like, unless the person is doing something egregious, like mm-hmm. something to, you know, I can, I can look, I can generally look past people being a dick. But, um, if, if you're constantly a dick, then it just starts to get on my nerves. And if your if your quality the, the quality of your product is 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 lesser than, then you're not you're really not making it easy for me to want to buy your stuff. I am in one hundred percent agreement with Brian about Borderlands one and two. Uh, Borderlands one was fun, right? But Borderlands two was really fun. Like I really enjoyed it. And three was just fine. It was way too long. It, it, the the mm. characters didn't they didn't do it for me. I mean, they didn't do it for me in one either. But they they retroactively gave them personality in two. That's how good two <laughs> was. And three was just like, 
three felt like they're trying just too hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a different quality for me. And um, you know, link that with the fact that Randy Pitchford, who has always been a bit of a dick, but you didn't see him all the time. Now you see him all the time. You saw him all the time when that game was coming out, and then all the and that's what happens when you put yourself in the light of day, right? Like everybody gets to see you. And if everyone sees you being an asshole, like no one will want to trade with you. No Mm. one will want to do business with you. No one will want to know what people don't respect you. And, you know, they say the fish rots from the head, man. Like that makes me think that, you know, the people you employ, uh, I don't know. But yeah, you're the poster child for this thing, man. And you, Mm. one, you shouldn't be. You're a CEO. Like, what, what do you have to do with anything? Right? That's like, um, that's like, uh, that's like Harvey Weinstein coming out to, to promote like a Tarantino movie, right? Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, he, he has, he has a bit of, um, he has a bit of Giuliani syndrome. There, there's an old, uh, an old adage when Rudy Giuliani was the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. And uh, it was said that there was there was no more dangerous place to be in New York City than between Rudy Giuliani and a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so I and I and I get a lot of that from Randy Pitchford as well. Like yeah. the dude enjoys being in front of a lens, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's a showman. Like I, I understand that he's he's a he's a fucking carny. Like that's yeah, it's not surprising at all. Um, as far as what I would look for from a Borderlands four, I would like to see a game that still keeps the Borderlands spirit, but is a little bit more akin, um, to modern games, just in terms of design, in terms of structure, in terms of replayability, um, things of that nature. I don't need them to go like full destiny or MMO or anything like that. Um, but uh, I haven't played much Borderlands since I beat Borderlands three. I haven't bought the expansions yet haven't revisited the game too much. So obviously whatever it did was fun to enough to play it, but not enough to keep me coming back over and over again. I think they finally patched that you can skip cutscenes. That's good. Uh, which is really good. It really helps for replayability. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I would want for a Borderlands for, um, uh, better writing uh, or maybe, you know, maybe the writing's fine and it's just not my type of writing anymore. Uh, or my type of humor, but um, I found the humor lacking, and uh, the characters were, if they were memorable, they were memorable for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like they were drawing the wrong kind of heat. Um, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else. Like that was their whole thing, right? That was their whole marketing pitch. It's, hey, you haven't played Borderlands in a long time. Guess what? Here's more Borderlands. And look, that was enough for this game. Yeah. But if you but again, if you want to do a fourth one, you can't just lean on that crutch again. Yeah. Or else you're gonna have to wait another ten years. <laughs> um and I know you don't want to do that because you know, you do things like Battleborn right. and <laughs> and and that aliens game. So But look, like like Blizzard's been getting a lot of heat lately as well. I'm gonna be there on day one for Diablo four. I already fucking know it. I'm not to, <laughs> I'm not trying to front, but that's because I'm willing to forgive forgive them for their sins because I like Diablo that much. Right. So it is what it is. 
Um, J uh, uh, Pod, a, a listener, a longtime listener, first time caller, uh, says now that he's playing the Final Fantasy VII remake, will you let me co-host your little gamer dork show? <laughs> tell, tell, tell you what, Jay, when you beat Final Fantasy VII, uh, you can come on for uh, we can do like a spoiler cast, and uh, and you can talk about it because I'm interested uh, to hear his thoughts as well uh, as, uh, as 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 the layperson. Uh, I'm not interested in in Jay's thoughts. <laughs> uh, I'm not interested in his thoughts on any video game whatsoever. Um, his whole thing was he told me he was like, "Yo, I really." He, he said, "From Apocalypse," he was like, "You know what I love best about this role playing game? The fact that you can skip all the story." What like, the fuck? Come what on. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's why you play these games. You play these games because you want a narrative told to you. And, like, there's a balance. He was like, nope, already know what's happening. Uh, we'll see. I'll get the cliff notes. Like, but there's a whole section that's just brand new. Nope. Stupid story. Well, why the fuck did you buy the game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that's fucking the, great. That's the power. that. That's there, There's a Final Fantasy VII fan if I've ever seen one. I don't know, whatever story, whatever big swords, big swords fighting. Nah, man. <laughs> nah. Again, you can you can host the Jaga Take My Strength show. <laughs> he'll, he'll know what that is, and Terrence will know what that is, and me. And if you know what that is, listener, then then you let me know, and I'll give you I'll give you one of them uh, I'll give you one of them bad boys head nods. <laughs> Um, what are the, Johnny asked? What are the odds that someone is going to get thrown off the Titan Towers uh, building at this year's Money in the Bank? So, for for those of you that aren't aware, um, WWE, in an effort to spice things up this year, considering they have to perform in front of empty arenas and pre-taped uh, shows, uh, is changing up the money, the annual Money in the Bank ladder match this year, so that now uh, wrestlers involved in the match, instead of it being a basic ladder match, have to quote. Climb the corporate ladder. They start on the <laughs> they start on the ground floor. That, that this is their marketing, Mike. I didn't make that up off off the cuff. They they're starting on the ground floor of the WWE headquarters in Titan Tower, formerly Titan Tower. I think it's just the WWE headquarter building now. And and the 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 briefcases are on the roof of the building. Now there's also going to be a a wrestling ring set up on the roof of the building as well. And and so eventually they're fighting to get up to the ring where the money in the bank happens. Cuz it's still set up like a traditional money in the bank thing once you get up to the roof. Oh wow. So that's a thing. Um of course famously wrestlers have been thrown off of large buildings before. Uh Hulk Hogan once through the giant off of an arena build arena roof during a monster truck match in WCW. I shit you not feel free to, uh, to look back at the history on that. The giant of course came back later that night unscathed after being thrown off of a arena. <laughs> Cause that's WCW uh, storyline for you. Um, the, he also talks about the the recent layoffs. So Cam thinks, you know, oh, it's no big deal. Happens all the time. A lot of people were really upset about the the WWE layoffs that happened. So for those of you that aren't aware, um, WWE laid off a bunch of their talent, furloughed a lot of their producers, 
Uh, which makes sense considering what's going on. Again, all their stuff's pre-taped. Um, I am of two minds of this. Part of me is on the cam side of the equation. So here, here's the thing about the layoffs of the wrestlers, right? A lot of those wrestlers probably weren't very happy anyway. Guys like The Revival, guys like Rusev, um, you know, a few other folks like that probably see greener pastures elsewhere. So they probably weren't too upset to be let go. Um, like the good brothers were surprising. Like gals and Anderson was a legit yeah, surprise. Was right. Uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, little, little surprising just cause Zach Ryder has been there for, for so long. Um, but, but here's the thing you have all like, like the NXT tag team division, for example, is like bursting at the seams right now with talent. Like they have a lot of really good tag teams down in NXT. Those people have to go somewhere. And there, there is a finite amount of roster spots because you have a finite amount of TV time that you have available to you. So if you want these NXT teams to get more exposure and then wrestlers in NXT to get more exposure and you want to bring in new stars to NXT, well, you got to clear some space up at the top of the roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you got, you got to make room. Yeah. Um, the part that I did not like about it is the timing of it because yeah. this of course <laughs> comes on the heels of the sweetheart deal that WWE got from the state of Florida to start resuming live tapings, which they now get to go back on because they worked it out with the TV networks that it's not going to affect their TV agreements if they do pre-tape shows. So all, <laughs> so all, all of that hullabaloo, all of that fucking political, you know, backroom dealing and, and, and glad handing was for nothing because you didn't even have to do it. So it, it's it's a bad look. It's a bad look when you get this gift, this obviously, you know, back channeled political gift, and then cut a bunch of wrestlers. It makes you look bad. It's bad PR. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to be so callous as to be like happens all the time, bro. Whoa, like, and I I, I assume that's uh, that's Johnny like kind of playing up Cam a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does happen every year after WrestleMania. It happens every year, and like they kind of. It's it's they do the culling, man, and um, I, I it's just bad time, man. I don't feel bad for Rusev or uh, Gallows and Anderson or yeah, I don't feel bad. I don't I don't feel bad for them. They they gonna make they gonna be all right. Um, some of the uh, some of the other ones. Um, I mean, I feel bad that they lost their jobs, but I I, I also forgot that they were on the roster um like the the mike and maria canellis I, I forgot that they were on mm-hmm. the roster um and that's just because you know they do a lot of house shows and sunday night heat or whatever does that stuff still come no out? sunday night heat is still not it has been a thing for like 20 years superstars that's uh, the whole thing saturday night main event um well but here's the other thing too like it's we can care about these folks because they're people that we have a connection with from an entertainment standpoint. But yeah. let's let's be real. Even even the lowliest WWE superstars still make it in the low like six figures at least most likely. Maybe a little bit less if you're not if you're like in NXT, maybe you're making it in the in like the 70s to 80s. Mm-hmm. There are people that work you know $10 an hour jobs that are barely getting by mm-hmm. that aren't working right now. I'm much more concerned about them 
than than wrestlers who have to now go find either go go back to the indies or you know go to the other giant federation that just popped up within the past year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like like Rusev will be fine. The Good Brothers, whether they go to AEW or go back to Japan, will be fine. Yeah. Zack Ryder can live off of his WWE reputation and probably get a better spot somewhere else. He'll be fine. Like 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 there's a lot of guys that got cut. That are gonna be fine. I'm, I'm, I have a lot more empathy for folks like regular Joes that struggle to make ends meet as it is that aren't working right now, that don't have, that maybe just lost their job. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I mean, it's bad for them. Like, I feel if, if we're going to stay in the realm of wrestling, I feel bad for, I feel bad for the talent. I feel worse for the people behind the scenes because I don't know what they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like writers and producers and stuff like but, that. But so. those guys were furloughed, apparently. Like, they'll be back once WWE is back. Oh, they'll be running. back? Yeah. Uh, all right. Shit so, your ass home. Yeah. Shit your ass home and go on a diet. Don't eat so much. <laughs> save, uh, save from that. Trey, Trey asks a question that would have been a lot better if Carrie was on this week. Is Tom Nook the devil? I had to look up who Tom Nook was. Tom, 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 Nook, Tom Nook is your is your... Is your uh your landlord in Animal Crossing like he's who you buy your your house from, mm. and then every time like you pay off your house, he's like, well, let's build this new addition. Oh, let's pay now, pay me off for that. And, but it, but he's kind of like a he's kind of like a mob boss in some ways because he's selling you the house, but you're you're working for him, like you're going to do jobs for him to pay him back for the loan that he gave you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh I I Googled image Tom Nook meme and the mm-hmm. second the second image is Tom Nook saying once again, I am once again asking you for your bells. And he's <laughs> like I don't know, it just kinda comes off like like he uh, I am once again asking you nicely for your bells. Next time it won't be as nice. It's it's it's. <laughs> I I tease my wife about Tom Nook so much that she's now at the point in Animal Crossing where she will save up before getting the new addition on the house so she can just pay it full in cash as soon as as soon as she builds it so she doesn't owe Tom Nook anything so she's <laughs> so she's not under his debt and I and I believe you pay him back with interest as well. I think there's a vig attached. Interest? What the <laughs> fuck kind of game is this, man? <laughs> Like I said, I, 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 I think I think he puts the vig on there, like the mob. I'm a, I'm a, you, he, you got to get 250 bells clear before you can go and. and oh, Mike, at 250, the the, 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 these these debts are in the hundreds of thousands of bells. Yo, God. what is going on with this game? <laughs> <laughs> That's why people are like fucking are fucking thirsty for these turnout prices, man. Oh my God, dude! How, I, the, I how the fuck else are they gonna make this money? And why is this coon in a sweater vest and a in a in a tie? Like is like he's at a desk in one of these images. Like does he sit at a desk? I believe I believe I believe the mafia calls it a front, Micah. They have they 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 need to look <laughs> legitimate so that you can launder your money so that it gets the criminal stink off of it so that you know you can spend it then as you need to. He also like his sons are in the family business as well. Like you you're Yo. doing shit for them. <laughs> He's he's, uh, he's 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 a mafioso, Micah. Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a lot of Tom Nook memes, man. I see one of them. 
is uh, Tom Nook and Ja Rule at the Fire Festival. Uh, and Tom Tom looks looks like a mean ass coon, man. Like I I don't know if these people are putting like like the the angry eyes on them, uh, but nah, yo, nah. All right, you know, look look. It, any any like thought or inkling I would have had about buying this game has has gone it's, out it's, the window. It's like Mike, the the whole point of the game is you're literally in debt the entire time, and you're working to pay off your debts. No, that, 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 that's essentially what Animal Crossing is in a nutshell. <laughs> Much it, 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 it's it's art imitating life. Oh, <laughs> so. my God. oh my god! Oh, I'm finally ahead. Let me take out another mortgage on my house because <laughs> so, so, so that I can pay for these things. <laughs> Jesus! Christ. Oh my God! We'll we'll finish it up with Mark. Who says, Brad, when will you put your foot down about offset thumbsticks being the design of drunkards and Neanderthals and the setup the <laughs> PS4 has is really the best one? And also, what is the oldest game in your back catalog that you have yet to finish and plan on doing so, if any? Um, my my feelings about offset versus non-offset are are not actually that that fierce. Um, I'm accustomed to the the linear style. Um, cause I've been playing PlayStation for the past 20 years, 25 years. Um, but I'm also okay with offset. Like my, like my, uh, my Astro controller that I have, um, which I can configure however I want to. Um, I have offset thumbsticks set on that as well. And that's fine. Um, once you get used to holding it a certain way, it doesn't really bother me, uh, one way or the other. Again, for, for FPSs, I understand why people like offset. For normal ass games, linear is probably better in most cases. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter all that much one way or the other to me. Anyway, where do you where do you come? I don't I don't think I know where you come down on this. Honestly, it does it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. I uh, I'm 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 fully capable of of playing a game like this or playing a game like this. Like it doesn't it it, it doesn't. Um, it takes, you know, if I've been playing one for a while, it takes maybe 20 seconds to get rid of the muscle memory and to have the other muscle memory come back. Mm. But no, I don't have a preference. Um, yeah, Ter- Terrence is really the only one that's really passionate about the offset versus uh, versus linear debate on this show that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, and that's just because part of that is just because, you know, I think he just hated PlayStation at the time, because, <laughs> like an Xbox guy at the time, but... But no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I can, I can, if I can, if I can play, the only thing that I do not like playing uh, games on is, is um, the Joy-Con. I, I, that's the only controller I don't like playing on. Mm -hmm. I can even play, I can even play on this thing with the Joy-Cons in it, but I do not like playing uh with the joy cons separate and every once in a while when my wife is feeling charitable and wants to do something that i'm into uh she's like hey let's play a game and and then i gotta find a game that i think she would like and it's usually on the nintendo and um but we have to play i don't have two controllers so we have to play well i do have two controllers but i i we we generally play with the joy cons Mm. because she looks at the pro controller and is like wow these are a lot of buttons so 
right. And it, it's literally the same amount of buttons as on two right. Joy-Cons. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, also, nothing – like we've lived through the worst controller grip experience of all time. And nothing will ever be worse than than the tricorn grip of the Nintendo 64 controller. Yeah, nothing is worse than having to go from here and then to fucking give that that controller a reach around <laughs> and, and grab the the fucking dick of the controller <laughs> and just find a fiddle around with it. And, like, what's worse, the the Nintendo 64 controller or the GameCube? I I hate the GameCube controller more from a from a from a form standpoint but the nintendo 64 controller is definitely worse from a function standpoint like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that whatsoever yeah. and, and, and the gamecube controller was iterative of the nintendo 64 controller yeah yeah it had it had jelly bean buttons for right. some reason uh, the the, the, the thing the thing that was worse about the uh, the two worst things about the gamecube controller was it had like like the like the c nipple which was which was an awful analog stick, and then it had those analog um, trigger buttons, yeah, which were awful and continue to be awful to this day. And I still don't understand why anyone uses that damn controller and enjoys it. Um, but like from from a function standpoint, it wasn't as bad as the Nintendo sixty four. Like like the sixty four controller was set up in such a way that you were only ever using two thirds of it. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't use the, the 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 far left side or the middle side at one particular time. Like you, there was no game where you used the left side but then had to even flick the the flick the bean there, of the of there, the hermaphroditic control. There was there was one that that's not true. There is one example, uh, and that of course is the w the wrestling games. When you when oh, that was your that was your that was your taunt was, and your finisher so that was your finisher yeah. I stand I should correct it that was your finisher yeah um but. and then uh, back catalog you're asking the two worst guys uh, this question because Micah moves on past stuff like yeah. like like the passing of tides and I also kind of do the same like once I leave a game in the dust it's often left there for good um yeah. I'd still like to finish Outer Worlds at some point I don't know yeah. when I'm going to be able to dive back into it but. I would like to finish it, but I'm so far into it mm-hmm. that I would have to start over, and I don't want to start over, right? Because <laughs> I'm so far into it. The, so, the, the the paradox of not right. having played for a while. So, right. But yeah, that that's probably the oldest game for me. Like I, I've resigned myself that I'm not going to go back and finish Odyssey. I'll wait for the Nordic Assassin's Creed game and start fresh with that one. Odyssey um, such a long like it. They named it aptly. It is it is a long and I game. and I played a lot. Like I put in thirty hours into that game, give or take. Um, yeah, but but now but now it's at the point where the the game like Odyssey gets weird halfway through. Like I still think it's an amazing game, but but once you get about to the halfway point, um, the game starts to get a little rudderless. Yeah, in in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, there's too many objectives, and there are too many there are too many objectives, and they have a main story path, but some of the objectives in the main story require you to do side paths, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of you just are kind of wandering all of Greece, just trying to figure out what to do. Right. It took me a minute to actually focus and just fucking drill down the main path. And there's like a bunch of Atlantis stuff. Mm-hmm. That, like ah, it's it's a good game, man. But it like you said, it rudderless is the is the perfect word for it. 
Cool. So that is uh, that's the post office. Thank you guys very very much. Uh, I'm shocked we got an hour out of this fucking show this week. Cause uh, like I said, it was a barren wasteland. Uh, I'm not shocked about. because we actually know what we're we're doing. professionals. Yeah, I know. It's it's true. Yeah. Um, again, don't forget if you want to leave us questions every week, join our fan group on Facebook, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, subscribe to this podcast and all the other TNP shows wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, Carrie's streaming a bunch on Twitch. You can follow her at Suppets Carrie. It's all Terrence streaming some Warzone. Uh, the other day for Call of Duty, so he's Apparition 410. Uh, if you follow the Dense Pixels account as well, um, you can watch Terrence's streams because I believe that they host whenever he streams also. So that's it for this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening, and we'll see you all the next time. See you.